This is the Holland Assets Podcast, where we show you how to start and run your own trucking company. Ever wanted to go out on your own? Follow Chris as he goes through the highs and lows of running on his own authority. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the Holland Assets Podcast, episode number 129. Today, we are talking about April 2023 financials along with some other stuff as well. I think there's actually going to be another topic that takes up at least as much time as the financials. Uh, we're going to be talking about, well, basically sales. So strap in, get excited, everybody, because uh, no, it, it really will be a good one. But I am Craig, your host over there. He is Chris. How's it going, Chris? I'm doing well. How are you, Craig? Uh, not too bad. You know, I, I was just telling you before we fired up the microphones, I'm not doing too bad because this is the day before we put down the family pet, unfortunately. So if you had gotten me on the mic tomorrow, I, you know, you would have been, been hosting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't have uh, that, gotten a word out. That might have been kind of fun. Maybe we'll have to re-record this one. Maybe <laughs> something will go wrong and we'll, we'll record it tomorrow when you're a mess. That's right. That's right. Anyway, so yeah, I'm, I'm doing all right. And hopefully everybody else out there is as well. I do want to remind them to go to hollandassetsllc.com for full show notes, including the files for today's episode and, and all these financials episodes, we put the uh, the profit and loss uh, in there for you to follow along with or check out if you're doing your own thing and you want to follow along with what a company like Holland Assets does with their profit and loss statement, um, then you can go check that out. Uh, let's see, also go to motorcarrierhq.com where you can find all the tools and tips and help that you need to get out there on your own, motorcarrierhq.com. Chris, what do you want to talk about Man, today? You, you you took a really long intro this time. I like took a nap and uh, <laughs> that was long. Yeah, well, oh, okay. I don't, it seemed like it. Well, sorry. Yeah, it's okay. It's all good. <laughs> not not long in a bad way. Okay. Well, I just want you know I want to make sure that the people need they need to know they need the housekeeping. Yeah, okay. There you go. They need the I do this every time, and you know if I stop doing it, then we're gonna get those notes like hey something changed and <laughs> and how dare you how very very dare you change something so okay, i can't change it now no all right chris you wanted to um you wanted to talk a little bit about essentially sales but back up and tell me what the actual topic is it's it's talking about getting direct loads with shippers we talked a little bit about it um i think an episode or two ago that nate and i um, and kind of sat down and, and tried to develop a list of who who we should contact to um, try to find more direct lanes and direct routes and direct relationships with shippers. And you, cause that's important. You gotta do it, especially in this kind of a market. And so we, we were talking a little bit about that and it kind of got me thinking, um, maybe we gotta have a little bit of a sales lesson. Cause uh, you know, this is kind of one of those things that's probably not familiar and, and probably really uncomfortable for people. Yeah. Yeah, well, peeking ahead into the the notes that you have for this episode, there's a phrase that comes to mind because I, I worked sales for uh, five years or so, uh, so I'm, I'm well familiar with the game. I know how it works. Um, I, I know what my strengths and weaknesses are with regards to sales, but there's a phrase that comes up a lot, and a lot of people hate corporate jargon, but sometimes corporate jargon is really on to something, and you know what phrase I'm going to bring up i have i have an idea what, what do you think it is could it have something to do with a funnel no, well no? no there is the oh. funnel i was gonna say it's a numbers game it, chris yeah that's, you know, hey it's a numbers game and you hear that over and over again it is and and in all reality i mean there's a lot of truth to it because it really yeah. sales is a numbers game and you know i was thinking a, a little bit about this because i've 
uh, I've worked in sales just like you have. I've mm. had a lot of salespeople, still have a lot of salespeople that work for me uh, across my different businesses. And you want to know what I, in my opinion, what I've seen that makes, you know, makes a good salesperson? <laughs> Is it their personality? I was, I was just going to say, it's tempting to say, oh yeah, you want somebody with a great smile or good handshake or, you know, somebody outgoing. No, discipline. Discipline. Yep. Outgoing. Did I get the word did, right? Uh, yeah, absolutely. It's, hey. it's, it's discipline and it's kind of, um, somebody that's really methodical mm -hmm. and kind of has a system and sticks with that system. That's really what discipline is. And yep. it, it is, it's discipline. Like 80% of sales, I would say is discipline. You know, if, if you want, you, you look at grade C, grade B, grade A salespeople, I think anybody, just about anybody with even the slightest personality, not even really that good of his personality, but you know, not, not the person that like literally won't talk to people, but you know, somebody that's got a, at least a little bit of a personality, anybody can be a B salesperson. Right. If they're disciplined. Yep. Cause that's, that's 80% of being successful at sales is, is discipline. You know, we, we've talked a, a decent amount about Tyler. Sure. Even episode three, Tyler. You keep calling um, him weird, and I'm going to keep yeah. bringing that up. He's still, he's still, you know, <laughs> poor guy. We're, we've worked together for over ten years now, um, and I always had thought that I was a really good salesperson until I met Tyler. Mm. And and I'm kind of more of that B salesperson that I'm disciplined. I stick with. I'm methodical, and and I and I stick with kind of my game plan and my system. And mm -hmm. you know, I I do callbacks. I um, make the number of phone calls that I need to make. I, I do all those important things, um, but I don't necessarily have the greatest personality in the world. Whereas Tyler. Hey, hey, you take that back, Chris. <laughs> you are sparkling. You are a gem. You're a shining star. <laughs> Man, well, sometimes it, it comes out every once in a while. Um, but uh, Tyler's got, he's the kind of the whole package. He's, yeah. he's kind of really more got all those things. And and so he's a, a an, an A-type um uh, salesperson. He sticks, he's got a system. He, it works for him. He sticks with it and he, he does it. He does a really good job. So my point is with saying all this is we're going to talk a little bit about the system today. Um, and you don't necessarily have to be a, you know, we, we kind of joke and we, one of Tyler's nicknames is the silver tongue devil just because he's, he's a really good talker. He loves to talk to people and the ladies love him. and the ladies, ladies love him. <laughs> Um, but he's sorry, sorry, I couldn't help it. <laughs> <laughs> and he doesn't have a man bun. And hey, hey, neither do I. My hair's down right now. Thank you very much. And and anyway, he he's um he's he's got a really great personality. He's fun to be around. People like him. So you don't have to be that kind of person to be decent at sales. To be you know be a B grade salesperson is still a good salesperson. It's better than average. You're like you're you're doing a pretty decent job. And so. I, I want to put people's mind at ease that, you know, oftentimes we think of sales that's outside of most people's comfort zones. They don't really want to do that, but you, you don't have to have that, that shining personality to really do a pretty decent job at sales. Yeah. It's really, it's following the system that we're going to kind of talk about a little bit. And here. Yeah. We'll talk about the system, uh, but I do want to kind of back up and make sure that we keep a uh, perspective on what we're actually talking about here, which is selling yourself as a trucking company. Right, so if you're an owner operator and you're implementing what you're about to talk about, Chris, just remember the whole thing is, uh, you know, what is it you're selling? Are, are you selling your truck? Are you selling, you, no, you're selling yourself and your company 
and your ability to get the job done. Um, and so just, just kind of keeping that perspective in mind, uh, as you talk about, you're going to get into the funnel, I think, uh, here next. So as we talk about the funnel and, and, you know, trying to get something to drip out of the end of that funnel, <laughs> um, it's, it's selling your services, what you can do for these people. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so let's talk a little bit about the funnel. That's a good transition. So if you're in trucking, you should know what a funnel is, um, <laughs> You know, that, that a pretty basic automotive is that an actual literal, an actual funnel? literal funnel. So that's what we're talking about now. So we're going to throw up some images as, as we talk a little bit about this funnel. So just think of the shape of a funnel, very wide at the top, narrow at the bottom. Um, and, and that's really what the sales funnel is. It's very wide and it, it, and it comes down. So there's, there's different stages in, in sales, depending on the kind of sales and maybe Dick takes a, a little bit the number of stages, but what we're going to talk about are five stages. And I think for kind of what most trucking companies are going to do, there's really kind of five stages in that sales funnel. So the top stage, the first stage is that top of the funnel, and it's going to have the most um, people or companies in it. And then as you kind of whittle down and narrow down um, your you know, people, you know, the companies, the shippers that you're looking for, that, that funnel is going to narrow. So we'll, we'll talk about the first one. The first step or that first stage, the top of the funnel is your, your leads. So these are the number, basically any shipper out there that has a need for shipping. You've got all these, those are your leads. Um, and, and you may need to get a hundred of those leads and yeah, how do you get those leads? I'm, and there's a, there's a lot of different ways to do it, but you can use things like Google, you know, just like where, where we do reefer, you know, I can Google, you know, cold storage warehouses, or I can Google ice cream manufacturers. I can Google, you know, potato farms or t potato mm -hmm. distributors. And you can come up with a whole list of potential companies that have a need to have their products shipped by our trucks. And so that's basically what it is. You're just looking for any company that potentially might have a need to use your services to ship their product. Casting that net wide. Casting it very wide. And so you're going to take those tons of leads and then you're going to put them, you're, they're going to be at the top of the funnel. And then the next step or that next stage is we're going to call it dial, dialing. So, so the people calling. you actually you're, talk to. Yep. So this is what you're going to do is you've got all these leads and you're going to call each one of them and you know, you're going to get, you know, let's say that hundred that you did, um, you know, 75 of them are disconnected number or 25 of them are disconnected numbers. So only 75 of them, or, or maybe a few of those two, just as you kind of learn more about them, you realize you know, they're, that they're, they're not a, a match. Yeah. You kind of throw them out right away. And so of the 100 that you start off with, you may go down to 75 or you're actually dialing a phone number. And you give those 75 a call. Of those 75, maybe only 25 of them are going to get to that next stage, which that next stage is a conversation. So you think about it. You start with 100. And you, you, you call 75 of them and you get down to where 25 of them you actually have a conversation with. Because maybe um, of those 75, some of them are disconnected. Some of them you just leave a message. They never call you back. You never get to have a conversation. But of those 100, you get to have conversations with 25 of them. And then you, you have that conversation with them. And, and it's really a good idea when you do this. Is you kind of you write out a little bit of a script. You know, at least your first mm -hmm. line or two. Hey, how am I going to approach it with? 
these guys? What am I going to say to them? Um, how am I going to start this conversation? So you should probably write something out so you're pretty consistent and, and you'll tweak that over time as you kind of get better and you refine your process. You're going to kind of tweak that intro that you give and, and you don't want your intro to be very long. It's a quick, maybe five to 10 second elevator pitch of who you are, why you're calling them and how you can potentially help them. Does that make sense? Makes sense. So yeah, that, that will hopefully develop into a little bit of a conversation. You have conversations with 25 of them and through that conversation, you may get five of them that have a need for what you provide and are willing to work with you. And so or at least talk to, or at least keep you know, talking, keep to talking. Him. And so, um, of those 25, you may whittle it down to where you've got five of them that kind of meet that qualified criteria, which is really that next stage, the, the qualified. So you may have five that are qualified and then as you kind of continue that conversation and continue that process with them, keep moving them down your funnel, you may only get two of them that actually are going to give you a shot to work with them. Mm -hmm. And then of that two that you end up doing a little bit of work with, one of them may become a regular customer. So if you think about it, this is where sales is kind of that numbers game. You start out with 100 and you may only end up with one or two at the bottom, but you've got one or two. And that's where it's, for some people, that can be really discouraging. Is like, yeah. I've called so many people, I've tried so hard, I've got all this, you know, this, this top of the funnel, but that's just, that's where you have to remember and realize that this is a numbers game, it's a numbers game. And the salespeople that, that follow that process and are persistent and are disciplined and stick with that, you know what? I'm okay getting rejected 99 times because I know it's gonna take 99 or 98 rejections to get to that one or two that are gonna that are gonna become a, a customer, and and you have to kind of get to that point where you're okay with that that level of rejection because that's what sales is. You're gonna get rejected way more than you're gonna get. You, you're gonna find a match. Just ask anybody who's in the dating scene, right? Yeah. So yeah, no, it's uh, and on the flip side, it's important uh, for anybody who has tried to form relationships with direct sellers and been uh, discouraged you know, think about your experience. Why were you discouraged? Were you, did you make three phone calls and none of them panned out and you went, oh, this is too hard and threw your hands up in the air and said, I, I can't do this. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's going to take more than three phone calls. Very likely. Who knows? Maybe you find that unicorn out there. That's possible. But, uh, no, the, the sales funnel, the, Hey, it's a numbers game. All these things, they're cliches for a reason. Uh, you know, some cliches are very well earned. This is yeah, one. This of them. is yeah, so. it's very well earned. And so we're, we're, I've got an impact tip at the end of this episode mm. and it's going to be kind of in the same subject. So stick around to it and we'll, we'll talk just a little bit more about it at the end and, and give one more um, kind of quick pointer of, yeah. of how to make this whole process successful. Chris knows how to tease. He knows he knows <laughs> what the people want. The people want more talk about sales funnels. Mm. Mm. Okay. That's good stuff. All right. So for our main topic today, Chris, we're talking about April 2023 financials. Uh, I, I shouldn't laugh because it was a rough month. Uh, not, not so great. And, and people could see this coming, right? We've been talking about this for the last few months. It's been a tough time, uh, that has not been alleviated in the last month. And so, yeah, so it's, it's, uh, looking, I, I no, we're not going to use the word dire, but it's looking discouraging. It, there, it, that's a word that we've used already today. There, right? There's good. Yeah, it, it, that's a good way to put it. it I'm, I'm kind of starting to feel like a little bit of a broken record because it's been that way for a decent amount yeah, of time. Like six and so, months. you know, that's where it kind of becomes, it can become discouraging is that you're like, all right, 
you know, one or two bad months in a row, I can, I can live with that. But when it's just month after month, after month, after month of, of challenging months, it, 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 it gets hard and it gets discouraging. And that's where as a, as a business owner, you have to kind of relook at things and just, and, and maybe refocus and realize, okay, this is kind of, this is kind of part of the process. And, you know, this, this happens and, you know, you can't let that get to you, even though it's, it's not very easy. And so, you know, as I kind of think about this and, and, and walk through it, I think there's really two kind of main keys that you have to kind of keep in mind to help you get through a challenging time like this. Okay. All right. So what, do you want to talk about those before you talk about how challenging a time it is? Yeah, let's talk yeah. a little bit about okay. that and then we'll get into the challenging so, time. All right, so let's get, okay. How are we going to equip ourselves for the conversation to come, Chris? <laughs> let's, where do you want to start? We're going to prep. Um, so l- let's just talk about these first two keys. And the first one's really, I'm, I'm not going to dive into it very deep. The second one we'll dive into a little bit deeper. But the first one is that you just have to have a will to survive. Like it, it's not one of those things, like as soon as the, the hard times start, you can't just lay over dead and just say, hey, I'm, 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 I'm giving up. Right. You know, you've got to like, uh, like the family pet that's lived a long life, like they, <laughs> they've, they've pushed through to the end and, and you, you just, you kind of have to have that will to survive no matter how difficult it gets. Um, and, and that's a, that's a big, one of the big, I think differences between, um, between, uh, those who don't make it and those who do is, is the ones that do make it are usually a little bit more willing to put up with challenging times um, work through problems longer than, um, other people. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. And you said you wanted to dive into the second one a little bit more. What is that second one? It, it's, you have to consistently remind yourself and well, one, you have to have one and two, you have to consistently remind yourself about your long-term vision. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you, you have to realize that, Hey, I'm, I'm doing this. I'm making these sacrifices now so that I can have something bigger and better later on down the road. I mean, the, the challenges, um, are, are consistent. They're going to be there and you just have to be willing to, to look at it over a long period of time. When, when you get in a challenging situation like this, it causes stress. It can cause depression. It can cause, uh, uh, just, you know, some, some mental fatigue. Sure. We'll, we'll put it that way and, and mental health issues. And, and what that kind of does is it, it narrows your vision um, and, and it makes it so that all you're focusing on is what's kind of right in front of you. You're, mm-hmm. you're not, you lose track of that long-term vision. Um, I, I don't know if you've ever seen, you know, the, like the, the horses on the Budweiser commercial pulling the stagecoach, you know, the Clydesdales, the, the, Clydesdales yeah. the big horses. You know, a lot of times when they're pulling or when they're pulling something, they're wearing something on their face. I don't know the if blinders, ever, the yeah. blinders. Yeah. And those blinders, what they do is they, they block out their their side vision so that all they can see is what's in front of them, and that's really kind of what stress can do. Is it kind of it kind of blocks out your peripheral vision and it blocks out your long term vision. You can't really see anything other than what's right in front of you, and that's you you, you don't want to be that way. You've got to keep in mind that hey, I've got this long term vision. I'm going through this challenging time right now. I'm not going to give up because I know it's going to be greener on the other side. Hmm. Okay. And it's easier said than done, of course, right? It, especially if you're in the middle of it. But um, this is where, you know, we've done episodes in the past about uh, having a mentor would be, uh, you know, one thing that you could do. Do you have a mentor, somebody who could 
who you could call and talk to and say, hey, you know, I'm feeling super discouraged. Yeah, is it time to throw in the towel? You know, get some advice from somebody and they may be the ones to kind of remind you of that long term vision uh, and to, to help you yeah. through it. Right. And and that's perfectly normal. Like you, you shouldn't feel belittled or you shouldn't feel like you're abnormal if you're feeling discouraged or you're feeling down. I, I think that kind of thing is normal for any entrepreneur. Like I've, I've felt that, you know, it, 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 there's periods of time like it, it, right now, it's not the easiest thing in the world. It's, mm. it's like you're slogging through some tough times and, it, and, you know, it's tiring and it gets old, but um, that's where having that long-term vision and realizing, Hey, we're doing this. It's, it's not going to last forever. We're going to get through it and things are going to be better. And, you know, I, I People ask me all the time, and I think this is going to be an episode that we're going to have at some point. I don't know exactly when, but when is it time to throw in the towel? When is it time to quit? And, um, you know, we're not going to go into it really deep right now, but I think one of the big indicators of, of a situation of when it is time to quit is, is, you know, you look at your situation and you need to ask yourself, is what I'm in right now, is it a temporary thing or is it a permanent thing? Mm. And I, I think a lot of the times owner operators get out of the owner operator realm too early because they they think to themselves, oh, I can make just as much money as I'm making right now by going and driving for somebody else and not have to deal with the stress. And that's probably very true. Mm -hmm. you know, that, that, that there's probably a lot of truth to that. But you're also not going to get the same kind of upside potential um, if you stick through it and wait you know, because the better times will come if you're, if you're persistent. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, anything else on that, uh, topic, you know, the, uh, the reminding yourself of your long-term vision. Well, I guess I have something else when you, you kind of skated over it at the beginning, but the first part of that was have one. Um, and so make sure if you, uh, if you're thinking about going out on your own, or if you already are, uh, and you don't have a long-term vision, don't wait. It's, it's not too late, but it's also never, ever too early to think about that yeah. and to write something down and to think, you know, again, let's let's dive back into the cliches, Chris. What's your five year plan? What does life look like for you in 10 years? Do you, you know, why, why do you want to be driving on your own authority? Is it for the money? Is it for the independence? Figure those things out. You and I aren't going to tell people what their vision should be or what their reasons should be, but they should figure those out they, they need to figure that out and, and it's it's a very individual thing it's it's different for every person but you you should know like you know what's important to you you know in, in five years i want to be making x income and um you know or in five years i want to be able to have this level of independence or this level of freedom you know you you need to have that this is what i want five or ten years down the road and then that will help you slog through the, the more challenging times. And that's where you, you know, when you're in those challenging times, you kind of, that's where you need to look at it and say, Hey, is this a temporary situation or have I got myself into something that I can't get out of? And it's more of a permanent situation, right? Because if it's, if it's temporary, you can just kind of, okay, I'm going to continue on and, and I know I'm going to be able to get out of it. Yeah. Okay. Well, all this in mind, Chris, uh, should we talk about some numbers then? Let's let's dive into the numbers. <laughs> we'll, we'll try to hold back the tears, Chris. Uh, all right. So April, uh, ten trucks on the road. Is that right? Or what? Ten trucks in the fleet. Ten truck. Eleven trucks in the fleet. Ten of them that were trying to run on the road. One of them we're still trying to sell. Uh, I was going to say. So you yeah. haven't sold haven't truck sold one yet. yet. Okay. 
I'll, yes, I, I accept. I will take it. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> Just write me a check. Actually, Cheers t- today. $23. I'll even deliver it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, 10 trucks in the fleet or should be on the road, I should say. Uh, total miles run. 97,331. Okay. So just a hair under 10 K per truck, mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of our, that's our basement level number where we want to be per truck is 10 yeah. K preferably I, more like 11 or 12. And I would say in the market that we're in right now, it probably needs to be, it needs to be higher than that. Yeah. Um, you know, every mile you get above that 10, you know, your fixed costs are essentially covered mm-hmm. and, and your, the profit of each truck increases at a much faster rate for every mile over that 10,000. And so right now in this market, like even 10,000 is probably too low. Yeah. Okay. All we right. probably well. need to be closer to 11, maybe even 12,000 per truck. And I, I actually, in, in preparing for this episode, I actually went through each truck individually to kind of see how many mm. get a little bit better idea. And, and we had several trucks over the 12,000 mile mark. Um, so that must mean that there were some trucks that were sitting there a lot. Were, there was there was one truck that sat a good chunk of the month, mm. and then a couple other trucks that sat uh, longer than they should have. Okay, all right. Longer so, than I maybe not say longer than they should hung longer than we would have liked. Okay, so ninety seven thousand miles total for the ten trucks. How many of those were deadhead? Five thousand two hundred thirty nine. Which so is actually pretty o- good. Just over 5%. Just over 5%, 5.4%. So that's that's not a not a bad number of deadhead yeah. miles. Okay, so that's looking good. Total revenue then? Um, this is where things start to get really bad. $177,508.38. Which, I, you know, if I'm doing the math right in my head, I'm looking ahead at the, the rate per mile, 177K over 97K miles that's not good that's less than two dollars it's the worst by far the worst um rate from all in rate per mile that we've had since pre-covid back in the days when i was driving holy smokes do you know is this um i obviously the rates are bad throughout the market uh but has Holland assets been hit especially hard or do you get the sense that hey everybody's going through this right now um, as far I, as rate per mile, I would say everybody's going through this. I I think there's some things hauling assets, just more direct shipper because our, our direct shipper loads, the the drop on the rates for those haven't been as drastic mm. as the drop on the rates for um the in the spot market. Like sure. the spot market, that's always sucks. Yeah, it the spot market has higher peaks and it has lower valleys, and so the low valley in the spot market right now is just dirt low, and so. The more you're relying on that, the worse off you're going to be. And so, you know, again, we still need to get more direct shipper um, loads so that, you know, we kind of stay out of those as much out of those low valleys Mm. as we possibly can. Which is why sales and direct shipping, direct shipping relationships and all that was on your mind today. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So uh, the rate per mile then, if that's sitting at 182 uh, over 177,000 miles. What does that do profit or in this case loss wise? So the, the loss was $8,221 and 70 cents. So, I mean, it, it $8,000 loss seems like a lot of money and, and it is, but when you look at it as a percentage of revenue, it's not horrible, but it, it's look it's, at you and your silver linings, Chris. <laughs> 
it's not good but it's <laughs> that not, was your that was your teaspoon of sugar there you go that's my teaspoon of sugar and and we'll probably leave it at that i mean it's 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 not the end of the world we'll put it that way okay you know, still though I mean, it's, we're not, it's not sustainable long term either no. but i mean that that's the thing is we've been talking for i i want to say six months now i don't know how many months it's actually been but uh, we've been talking for months and months about how if you're just a few grand over you know in the profit <laughs> uh area uh, if your numbers are in the black just a little bit, that's not sustainable either, you know, because you have other costs that aren't reflected here and there, yeah. and, uh, you know, all that stuff. And so it's been months and months of, well, yeah, we're not doing too great. This is unsustainable. And then wham, an actual loss. Um, it, it, that's demoralizing. That sucks. Yeah, uh, and hard. yeah, it's not, not fun to hear about. Nope. So, but you know, again, you know, kind of on the last, I think it was the last episode we talked a little bit about, you know, kind of the future of the freight market you know, I think we're closer to that bottom of the floor of the valley, mm-hmm. if not already in it. So, you know, it, it's just a matter of how, how much longer it's going to last. You know, I, I'm, I'm pretty confident we're not going to go out of business this year. But, you know, if this if this same thing's happening 18 months from now, that would be hard. That would. Yeah. OK, well, let's not uh, let's not club our seals before they're hatched or, <laughs> you know, I don't know, whatever. Chris, uh, <laughs> I, th- I think you mixed up two analogies there, but it sounded good. I liked it. <laughs> well, I didn't want to count chickens. That sounded too happy. Okay. <laughs> or eight, eight grand in the hole. Isn't a, you know, a cute little chick. No, that's not in the, in the coop. More like a turd <laughs> in the punch bowl. How many, uh, how many, how many old sayings can well, we work you, into this? I think this is a record. This yeah. show. Yeah, this, uh, you're on a roll. The cliches on, in this episode, Just don't stop. Uh, can we put that in the title here somewhere? It's uh, yeah. <laughs> the cliches of April. Uh, it's like the Ides of March, but well, less Shakespearean. Uh, okay, Chris, uh, it, did you feel like you, you you said with things maybe possibly improving, is that just going to be a function of things can't stay this way forever? Or is it kind of a, a cyclical thing? Hey, we're moving into summer, Memorial Day, we just have Memorial Day. Hopefully things will start turning around. I, I think it's a little bit of both. I, one, I don't think the the mar- freight market itself and the trucking industry itself can sustain where it's at right now. Mm. It, it can't. Um, and, and with that being said, also, you know, kind of looking at the our numbers for the latter half of May versus the first half of May, I, I think thing, not, things were a little bit better the latter half. Um, now, the question is, does that continue throughout the summer and, and at least kind of stay where it's at right now or maybe even go up a little bit? Um, or does it, go down back down to where it was at the beginning of may um i i, I think i'm, I'm going to be optimistic I, I think things will get you know at least kind of stay close to where they're at um but you know the next couple of weeks we'll, yeah. we'll we'll get a little bit better idea of whether that's the case or not okay well let's speed run a little bit through some of the p l stuff the profit and loss statement which again people can follow along with at hollandassetsllc.com uh, just click on, you go to episodes and then you find this episode, click on that one and it'll have that documentation there. You can check it out. Uh, but any highlights that you want to pull out from that? Okay. Speed highlights. So um, revenue was down. Um, obviously it's the lowest that it's been in since November. And that's, that's even lower considering we have more trucks now than we did in November, mm-hmm. at least one truck more. Um, but the biggest issue is just the rates, the rates, yeah. Um, freight rates are, especially on the stop market, the spot market right now are just terrible. Um, we also had about $7,600 of damage that we paid for. And this was actually for something that happened 
months and months ago, um, probably close to six or nine months ago, uh-huh. but we just, it, we decided not to get it fixed right away. Um, we ended up, it was some front end damage on from one of our previous drivers. Yeah. Um, fuel was 36.3% of revenue, which is, is the higher than it, we would like it to be, but it's not the highest we've seen it. Um, and again, that higher percentage is more of a function on the low rates than it is on necessarily high fuel prices because fuel prices right now are actually better than they have been. Um, let's see. There was a um, our, our work comp. We had to make a work comp down payment mm. um, in April. So that, that was uh, higher than normal. And, and then uh, we didn't have a truck insurance payment this month or in April because we renewed and we actually, we switched from kind of your traditional, you pay this much per truck to what's called a mileage reporter. So we actually pay based on the number of miles we run. So if we have a truck sitting, it's gonna actually, we'll save, we won't won't completely eliminate the insurance cost for that one truck, Mm -hmm. but it'll go way, way down. So that's good. Is the inverse true though? If you have a truck that is just, you know, tearing it up one month and, and logs 14 15,000 miles that that truck is going to be very expensive to insure that month not very expensive but it will be a little bit more expensive but that's i mean but then at at least at that point you're making more revenue off of that truck so it's 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 kind of a it the the mileage based reporter is what it's called it's once you get to a certain truck fleet size you can switch to that and this is the first year we've been big enough where we've been able to do that it's usually somewhere between 10 and 15 trucks before they'll let you do that and so we're there and and it's a good thing. Okay, all right. Um, and then uh, IFTA payments, right, was uh, the last yeah. thing on the list. Uh, uh, April was an IFTA month, so we had some IFTA payments that uh, cost us some money. Yeah, it's, uh, and this is, uh, I'm, I feel really fortunate actually, um, because you haven't asked me yet to remember what IFTA stands for. <laughs> so Chris, any final thoughts on the numbers before we get to your impact tip other than woof? Woof. Okay. All right. <laughs> Simple enough. Let's hope it turns around. It's uh, you know, we've been a bit of a downer this episode, um, but hope springs eternal. There's another one, Chris. Oh my gosh. Let's be better in this episode now. <laughs> Can we get through the impact tip, please? Uh, let's hope it, let's hope it turns around. We're not going to have any subscribers after this one. Oh, not, that's not true. I've been so highbrow today, Chris. Uh, <laughs> never mind. What's your impact tip? I want to hear it. All right. The impact tip, build the leads in your funnel. Build the leads. Okay. What do you mean by the leads? So find those shippers. And what I, what I recommend is start small, start with 10, try to find 10 shippers that you can call. Um, you know, so you, you'll start that lead stage, find 10 with phone numbers and get ready to call them and then start working through that sales funnel. And I think the reason I think you start with 10, which is really a, a small number is because that'll kind of help your you refine your process a little bit. So mm. if you make 10 fun phone calls, you, you hopefully should be able to have one or two conversations from those 10 phone calls. And then that'll help you kind of um, refine that little 10 to 15 second in introductory pitch that you make. It'll help you maybe hone in a little bit better on what is a good qualified, like a lead that you're more likely to get a, a call to and have a conversation right. with. And so just do those 10 refine your process a little bit and then go do it again. Do another 10, refine your process a little bit, do it again. Once you feel like you've got that process down, then maybe go out and get 50. 
yeah and uh and, and try to give 50 a call yeah i like that because it's uh kind of what we were talking about at the top of the episode uh but it's not as intimidating as having a giant spreadsheet with a hundred yeah. companies or names that you need to fill in uh keep it simple get your process dialed in yeah i like that okay good impact yeah. tip uh, thanks everybody for listening. Thank you, Chris, for the impact tip and for the extreme uh, uh, pessimism and depression <laughs> from this episode. Appreciate it. Uh, but for everybody else, HollandAssetsLLC.com and MotorCarrierHQ.com. You should go to both of those places. We would greatly appreciate it, especially if you do that after leaving a review on iTunes or wherever you listen. Apple Podcasts, it's called now. It's only been like three years, Chris. And uh, one day my brain will click in and it won't be iTunes anymore. So I guess uh, I'll see you in a couple of weeks, Chris. Yeah, all the analogies brought to you by Craig. I, you know what? I'm just going to start keeping a list <laughs> and that list is going to be immense and uh, I, it'll be locked and loaded for next time. Impressive. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Yeah.